Hey, hey, everybody, you're listening to Fireball Podcast with Ashley Mayfield, and this is episode 25. What is up, everybody? I hope you're doing well. Another episode where I am going to rain down fire, but in a different way. But go ahead, buckle up, brace for impact. As always, it's a good time. I appreciate so much. I can never say thank you enough. You know, I absolutely love just being able to show up and to give you guys my random thoughts. I've been passionate about leadership since I was in high school. Weird, right? I remember uh, just wanting the ability to have influence, to be able to better people, those moments. uh, I call them those altar call moments. I wasn't raised in church, but on Sunday nights, we'd uh, come together at the church that I... um, got saved in and we would just play music. It would be a longer time of worship and praise and you'd see that life transformational moment like deep on Sunday nights. And I just live for those moments. And so I value so much that you guys are constantly tagging me, sharing me, encouraging me. As much as I'm pouring that out onto you, you guys are pouring that into me. And I just can't say thank you enough. You know, I continue to show up even when I don't feel like it because I want to get the word to you guys because I know there's something on the inside of me that you need need, and I'm going to continue to show up and bring you the best. So today's message is that leaders restore, and it's going to be a little bit of a different tone. So like I mentioned, I wasn't raised in church. I happened to fall, like, I don't know, Jesus done came and found me, okay? But I started going to church uh, for an event that they were having and just literally had this radical encounter with Jesus. And so if you don't know, whenever me and Jason first met, he was the, he came and got the position of being the music pastor or the worship pastor at my home church. And we ended up falling in love and getting married. And we've been in ministry for almost 10 years. I mean, over 10 years now, but we were physically in a church doing ministry full-time for almost 10 years. And we worked in, I want to say six or seven churches. And I can tell you in all of them except one, uh, we were terminated, whether they fired us or it was a mutual agreement. Excuse me. And, you know, it seems very unfortunate, but it's really cool how God has always elevated us and God has always come and restored us. But what I can tell you is that a lot of people didn't restore us. You would think that we would have had a lot of people in our corner or in our back or supporting us. And yes, we have amazing friends. We have amazing people that have always loved us no matter where we were, what we were doing. They always believed in us. But I can also tell you that there were a lot of times that whenever those hard times came in our life and when we were in transition, that a lot of people turned against us, that a lot of people didn't check in on us and they didn't try to restore us. And regardless of what goes on, And I want to talk to you about that principle in leadership today. You know, earlier this year, I had a leader in my business. Most of you know, I run a successful online business and I had a leader do something that kind of went against the grain of our culture, something that we teach in our culture. And I'm not going to go into details, but she went against the grain of the culture. And I can tell you, you guys know how I am. I am fiery. I'm direct. I'm bold. And my knee-jerk reaction was to cut her off. My knee-jerk reaction was to hurt her because hurt people hurt people. And I, not unintentionally, I mean, oh, I mean intentionally, but also unintentionally, like my, my heart is not to hurt people. But why is it that we do that? You know, and sometimes we, uh, we've all been exposed to like cutthroat. Why do we have to go cutthroat when someone disagrees with what it is that we're doing or someone has a different idea or someone has a better idea? 
Why do we always want to go cutthroat? Why do we always want to alienate? Why do we always want to say, oh, you no longer serve me? Okay, you sit over there. And I had to take a step back. And one thing that I learned and one thing that I realized is I adopted a phrase uh, just into my leadership. Sometimes to move fast, you have to move slow. You, you have to, if you want to move fast, sometimes you have to move slow. And I realized that just because I felt the need to make a decision, just because I felt the need to isolate, to cut her off, to alienate her, did not mean that was the right thing that I needed to do. And so I had to come to the conclusion of what to do and how to handle uh, the situation slowly. It wasn't a knee-jerk reaction. I couldn't make a decision overnight. Why? Because I was in my emotions. And our emotions serve us so well. Logically, if you're a very logical person, the the order of logic, it can serve you so well. The directions can serve you so well. But sometimes life doesn't go that way. Sometimes life is not black and white, cut and dry, yes or no. There is a gray area in leadership. There's a gray area where it's it's real and it's life-changing and there's heart there. And it's just... It's alive. It's a living, breathing organism and you have to be able to honor it. And what I knew is I know that as a leader, there are consequences to everything that we do. Good consequences, bad consequences. There's going to be a ripple effect to every decision that you make. There's going to be a compound effect. So when this situation happened earlier this year, I literally had to give myself two weeks. I had to take a step back. Now I can tell you, like I said, my knee-jerk reaction is to make a decision quick. Um, I value clear communication. I value clarity. I value structure. I value order. Uh, I value just the ability to be able to make a decision. I'm an extremely decisive person. Now, sometimes that serves me and it's an amazing resource, an amazing skill set that I've developed. And then other times I can really jump too soon, right? I, I have a little bit of charisma. I got some good energy. And sometimes we can be a little too dramatic and a little too extreme when it comes to uh, drawing a line in the sand and hurting people and alienating people. And I had to take a step back and process what I was feeling, what I was walking through. And honestly, as a leader, I wanna challenge you with some things that I learned. Number one, if you wanna move fast, you have to move slow. You need to not make decisions in the heat of the moment. There's nothing There's nothing that you can't sleep on. My husband taught me that. He's like, you don't need to make a decision right now. You can sleep on it. You can sleep on it for a few days. There's nothing that need. if it's not life or death, if someone's not in harm, physical harm, if they did not, I mean, there are moments when, yes, you do need to make the decision to alienate, to cut off, to remove, to block, all those things. I'm not saying those things are bad, but I am saying far too often than not, I believe that that's our knee-jerk reaction. I believe that that's the foundation in what we do. And I wanna challenge you that leaders restore. If you truly believe in the betterment of someone, if you truly believe that you are their leader, you want to restore. And so number one, I knew I had to move slow to move fast. I knew that I had to sit and not make a decision in the thick of my emotions because I was hot and heavy. I was heated the day that it all happened. And I was heated for a few days after that. But I can assure you that the decision that I made 
Day one did not match the decision that I made day 13, day 14, day 15. I had the ability to calm down. I had the ability to think rationally because whenever you are in the heat of it, whenever you're hot, whenever you're emotional, you are so irrational. You're not thinking clearly, right? And too many of us make life altering decisions. We have regretful moments. We say things we shouldn't say. We do things we shouldn't do. We make decisions based on temporary emotions. And we've got to learn to leave lead better, my friend. You've got to lead better, whether that's yourself, your family, your job, whatever the case may be. And so uh, I had to move slow to move fast. The second thing that I had to realize, what was best for the overall business? What was best for the business? It didn't matter to me um, how this person showed up. It didn't matter to me the results. It didn't matter to me the title. It also didn't matter to me what was best for me. It felt good to want to be able to alienate. It felt good to want to make an example out of somebody. But that wasn't what was best for our overall mission. If our mission is we are the tribe and together we create freedom, guess what? There's gonna be some mistakes along the way. It's going to be a little sloppy. Leadership can get messy. People's feelings can get hurt. This is real life that we're dealing with, my friends, right? And business isn't always gonna be rainbows and butterflies. But I knew that at the end of the day, it wasn't about Ashley Mayfield. It was a leadership decision. And what did I wanna be known for? And you guys, I'm not. I'm. I'm saying this, and I'm coming to you very humbly. This is like the first time I've ever done this. So I was actually really proud of myself. And I can look back and say I'm so grateful. Everything played out the way that it did, and I firmly believe that it was God. Because again, that wasn't the example that I've had. The example that I've had is when someone no longer serves you, you slice them off that relationships don't matter, that it's all about the mission. It's all about moving me forward. And if you don't move me forward, toodaloo kangaroo. And again, I'm saying that this is very gray. There's moments that that happens too. But the example that I have been taught in my life, the way that people have treated me is that when we no longer fit into their square mold or their circle mold, that we're gone, right? And I had to take a step back and say, man, Just because that's the example that I've been set, that's the example that's been taught to me does not mean that I have any right to treat another human that same way. Because I also remember all the pain. I remember the nights where we we laid awake and I would be crying like, what's wrong with us? Are we broken? Are we these terrible humans that these churches don't like? Like, are we these monsters? Like, what is going on? And you start doubting your identity. You start doubting your self-worth because it's so easy for us to put our identity in a position opposed to Jesus Christ, right? And so I had to take a step back and identify, what do I want my leadership to stand for? Do I wanna be the leader that when someone makes a mistake that they're just cut out? Do I wanna be the leader that there's not restoration, there's not love, there's not grace? That is the leader that I wanted to be. I wanted to be the leader where people know, hey, you're gonna make a mistake and hey, I'm probably gonna get pissed off and hey, I'm probably gonna like, give you a dissertation on why you shouldn't have done it. But I I might beat you up a little bit, but guess what? I'm also gonna be the leader that's gonna pick you back up. I'm gonna be the leader that's gonna partner with you. I'm gonna be the leader that's gonna make sure you know that you are here and that you are loved and that you are valued. And I'm gonna be the leader that brings you back to life. I'm gonna be the leader that's going to put you back on the straight and narrow. And sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes you don't wanna do that. 
I can tell you that I showed up for that leader for quite a few months. We put a restoration plan together and what we were going to do. And we, you know, had to remove her from leadership for just a period of time. And she was more in an observational realm where she was able to attend. She was able to show up, but she was not able to communicate. She was not able to lead um, from a larger perspective. And I'm, I'm being very transparent with you guys because I want you to know that leaders restore and it wasn't an easy decision to make. It wasn't a fun decision to make. In fact, there it, there was a lot of tears on all parties' ends uh, that came into this. But, you know, like I said, the first thing is I had to learn that I had to move slow to move fast. The second thing is I had to ask myself, what do I really stand for at the end of the day? I've got to be able to take Ashley Mayfield's hat off. I have to be able to take this person's performance off. And at the end of the day, what we are left with and what I'm building and the mission and our vision statement and everything that we bring to the table, restoration is part of that process. And regardless of my personal feelings or how mad I was or how hurt I was, how disappointed I was, that's irrelevant. Those are temporary emotions, right? People have been disappointed in me. I've, I have failed people's expectations, right? But those are temporary emotions. At the end of the day, the foundation of what we stand for, man, this person deserved to be restored. And so the third thing that I wanna challenge you that I had to do is I had to ask myself, what ownership do I play into what happened? Because it is so freaking easy as a leader to sit back and to say, well, I didn't do anything wrong. That, that was on that person. I didn't, I didn't do anything. No, but I did. You see, I did. Because what you don't know is for a long time prior to that, I wasn't coaching this person because I thought they got it. Oh, they got it. Y'all have those people too. You have those people in, in their, your life where you're like, oh, they got it. They're so good. Maybe you're a teacher and you've got that one student that's just got it. Maybe you, Jason, when we were in ministry, uh, you know, there was one singer uh, that she got it. Oh, she got it. And what we really don't understand is sometimes those kids that are so good and those people in the extracurriculars that are so good and the people on your team that are so good and they seem like they have it all together, Nine times out of 10, they're the ones that aren't. Nine times out of 10, they're the ones that are holding it all together. And that's what you see on the surface. But underneath, they really don't got it. And underneath, it's just been, they've been lucky and they've been able to make right decision after right decision after right decision, but they still need coaching. They still need to be led. And I had to own that I had failed this person on some level. I'm not taking ownership for everything she did. I'm not taking ownership for, you know, all the good times or all the bad times. But what I'm saying is I had a role to play into that. If I'm really gonna be a leader, if I'm really gonna step up, I had to identify that I played a role in this because I value as a leader, I value extreme control. I value extreme ownership. And so I had to take a step back and say, man, what role did I play in this? What role did I, what, how did I not serve this person in a way where they didn't understand that what their actions were are not acceptable? Did I not repeat the mission enough? Did I not repeat the vision? Did I not pour in? Did I not develop enough? Did I assume that they had it when they really didn't? Did I not check in enough? Did I not hold them accountable enough? And you see, I, I had to apologize too. And I had to understand that as much as I can't control the actions of someone, I can control how they're being led because I set the bar and I had to humble myself 
And my friend, I wanna challenge you. There's all of that in restoration. Sometimes we're just so quick to fly off the handle and make a decision. And we're not thinking about the long-term consequences and the long-term effects from that. And so I'm super, super grateful for how it all turned out. And now everything is incredible. The leader's been restored and the whole ship is moving forward. And it, it, it was just a... I'm, I'm so, so grateful. I'm so grateful. And if I had to add a fourth thing on, reach out for help. I had to reach out to some mentors, some people that I love that I knew would tell me what I needed to hear and not what I wanted to hear. Because what I wanted to hear is I wanted to be affirmed when I was hot and heavy in the moment. And I wanted to hear, cut her off. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I did have people that told me that. I did have people that said, remove remove from leadership, remove from your business, remove, remove. And it didn't settle with me because immediately I was reminded of what me and Jason had walked through. Immediately I was reminded of how bad it felt to just be let go, how bad it felt to feel like you're not enough or you didn't live up to it. And I'm not saying it's always gonna be that way. I'm not saying that there won't be a moment where someone comes into your organization, someone comes into your career, you cross paths, uh, cross paths with friendships or people that will no longer serve the vision. And you do have to move on from people. I'm not talking about that today though. I'm talking about when someone makes a mistake, when their heart is pure, when they were just moving too fast, when they didn't slow down, when they were thinking of themselves opposed to the overall mission or team. And you know what, if I'm gonna be honest, if I'm not careful, I could have easily been this person. It could have been me. I move very fast. I move very fast. And if I'm not mindful, I can easily bulldoze over things that are important to me because I can get so focused on what it is that I want. So this is a little bit different of a tone uh, of a podcast, but I just wanna challenge you, my friend, as you are growing and developing in your leadership, what is the restoration process? Maybe that's for your kids. Maybe it's at your career. Maybe that's for yourself. Maybe you need to restore yourself. Maybe you need to give yourself some grace. Maybe you need to pat yourself on the back a little bit more and exercise some self-love. Maybe you need to be able to let your kids know, hey, it's okay, we all make mistakes, but this is how we're gonna handle it. We're gonna make it right. Maybe in your leadership, you need to develop that a little more because I'm telling you, if you just put the hammer down and you just cut people off, it's going to establish a bad reputation. And word of mouth, bad word of mouth, it's probably the worst thing you can do for your leadership. You guys, that's all I have for you today. If you found any value in the episode, I'm just gonna ask that you pay the fee. What is the fee? The fee is that you would tag me on social media, share it with a friend, that you would leave us a five-star review. Thank you so much for all that you guys constantly give. I cannot wait to bring you more. Mayfield out. Mayfield out.